come on. What could it really be? Is it time for another episode of Fun Zone with Nordista Freeze? I believe it is. What's up, everyone? Hope everyone's having a nice uh, Friday, I believe, is when this is coming out. Um, It's Sunday today, beginning of the week. They're going to put this out. And uh, Sunday night, it's uh, just dark and sad in Nashville tonight. It's like... It's like one of those Sunday nights, and it's just like rainy, too. Um, but I'm excited to be talking with my friend Michael here from uh, the band Dolly Spartans. He's hitting me up right now on Messenger. Let's get this rolling. It's going to be a good time. Um, thank you. Thanks for watching. If you like Fun Zone, if you like Freeze TV, subscribe on YouTube, You know, follow on Spotify, podcast, Apple Podcasts. Even the formats you don't use for it, you know, you can show some love by following on the other ones, blah, 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 blah. I know it just sounds like filler garbage, but it really is important. Uh, I live here with my parents uh, in my basement, in this basement here, and uh, coming to you from this, like, closet with these puzzles. I'm the real deal, you can believe me. Um, <laughs> just trying to make it, uh, doing what I love, which is playing music and being a part of a community, a community with friends like my friend michael that i'm bringing on tonight so without further ado let's welcome him into the fun zone baby hello hey what's up michael how you doing freeze good man it's great to see you wow great you're in a beautiful you room is that your house it's it's just my uh it's like a little uh like a room so i have i'm in i'm in my i moved back in for the time being just with the pandemic and everything i'm probably gonna move out again this year but um so basically the way my house is set up there's like my room is over there on the other side of the wall but there's like some weird construction happening up above so i was like all right i'll just move in here and this is kind of like a little storage space thing where we keep supplies wow it looks looks a lot it looks a lot nicer than it actually is it's actually (laughs) really just a tiny cramped little room wow wait so you're in new york like with your family yeah yeah i'm with my family Partly because you know when 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 the whole pandemic hit, obviously kind of money went down. And yeah, how are you I, though? I'm good, man. I'm actually I'm coming to you from a closet in my family's house too. I live with I moved back in with my folks for the pandemic. I was just saying that right before I added you in, so it's crazy. We're in a little oh bit of a parallel God. universe right we're now. Literally, we're closet cousins right now. I know, isn't that cool? That's I awesome. can't believe this. By well, the way, how's how's my mic sounding? Is everything working? Because my yeah. my interface was like crapping out for a good like five minutes so it actually just sounds incredible like i'm not just saying that it actually sounds really good really yeah it's like very it's a very nice like tone to it too it's just a just a 57 really yeah or a 57 beta or whatever it is yeah i don't know much about mics but i thought 57s didn't have that circular ending to them i think that there's a 57 and 57 beta has the circular oh i I see i I don't know enough about mics either (laughs) (laughs) wow wait so are you from new york originally yeah wow no way born and raised in the city forever that's crazy i had no idea oh yeah and you're in nashville yeah i'm born and raised here in nashville that's awesome how's it been it's all right man it's uh i mean i don't know not great (laughs) It's been yeah, depressing. I I feel like sad, <laughs> but like there's a lot of good moments too. But it's just hard not being on the road, and that's just all I want to do. And so it's just very frustrating. Uh, it like touring was like everything. It was like my social 
thing that I do, but also like my work thing that I do and also my like yeah. art thing that I do. So now I've like lost them all. So I just been like very confused for like 10 months now. <laughs> I feel that. It's actually funny. I was watching your um I was watching your video earlier today, the one that you shared of you playing. It was lovely. Oh, hey, thank you so much. Yeah, I got to film that really, at the really uh good. the future crib house with those guys. So you remember Future yeah, Crib? Yeah, of course you do, because yeah, you did the whole course. interview with them too. Of course, too. I saw Johnny, Johnny on drums. Yeah, Johnny on drums and Bryce, Bryce uh, on guitar. Yeah, Bryce on guitar. Yeah. Yeah, man, they're they're awesome. That show we got to play with you in uh at Alphaville was like legendary. I think about that a lot. That was the most fun I've ever had in New York. Oh it was so God, cool. I'm so glad. And all, honestly, the, the the Nashville and Knoxville stops on uh, on our tour. Were the my, I think probably my highlights for me, you know, they were just awesome. I mean, we had a lot of great stops on the tour. I don't want to take away from any of them, but that was like, I just remember leaving feeling like there's something in the water here, you know, like being like, yeah. this is just, it's like just a, just like a whole like city of talent and like kindness. I don't know. It's really nice. That's cool. Wait, when, where did, where did you play in both of those cities? Do you remember? On that tour? Oh, I don't remember. Uh, uh, um. Do you play the pizza shop in Nashville? At Two no, Boots? No, we played. No, it wasn't Two Boots. I wish we almost played Chris Rock's Mansion, but then that fell through. Um. That's right. We no, we played. Oh, I don't. It's something. It's it's a club. It's like right near a big venue where I think like Mom Jeans and those bands were playing, hmm. and Woover Shaker and. Uh, oh Very God, interesting. It, but what is the name? It's like a small club place. Was it the Cobra or the East Room or the End? It was not the End or the East Room. Or Betty's. It was the Cobra. I can tell you right now what it <laughs> is. I'm going to go back through and I'm going to look this up because now I need to know. Please do. Your hair is us. short, by the way. Yeah, I actually just got it cut, cut looks relatively good. recently. Thank you. Yours always looks good. Thank um, you, man. Shit. All right, hold on. I know. You have a Google sheet of all your shows you've ever played? Oh, I definitely have a sheet of this. Okay, yeah, I, I have a, I have, well, I was looking at Facebook to see, see, are you the kind of person who also is like, once you, um, once you think about something and where it is and like, trying to remember, like, it'll, it'll kill you otherwise? Yes, last night I was watching a basketball game with my dad, and like, it was like halftime, and all of a sudden I was like, what was that one song where that girl was yodeling the pitchfork put out, like, liked back in like, 2014 then i was like i have to find this out and i could not find it it took me so long i finally found it what was I, it i saved it to a playlist it was jenny haval oh nice and like it's like the last track on her album innocence is kinky she's just like yodeling it's just like crazy that's sick i love that <laughs> yeah um 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 okay no that <laughs> It, the thing is, I remember I wrote, we we saw we solidified that date while we were on the road, so I didn't add it to the sheet. Yeah, I, <laughs> my God, oh my God, it's gonna kill me. Maybe we can type in Dolly Spartans Nashville into Google. I'm gonna do that. That's what I'm I'm hoping for. Where the hell? And I think did I make a big tour thing? I don't remember. Dolly Spartans remember. Nashville is just gonna all be Dolly Parton. <laughs> There's just no way. Yeah, it's there's no, it's not happening. But like, like know. Dolly Spartans can like exist as a name, but then when you type in Nashville too, it's all over. It's the one city yeah. that you'll never be able to get Google results. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Dolly geez. Dolly Parton right. is from well, like 15 minutes from here. She's like right down the road. 
she's everywhere yeah, here. I wonder if she played the. I wonder if she played the show that we. <laughs> she played the place we played. Maybe everybody's got like stories about her around here. Like, my teacher told me that she was like outside, and then Dolly Parton just like walked by and was like, "You're gonna freeze your butt off if you don't put a jacket on." And she was like, "What the heck, <laughs> <It's> Dolly Parton?" <laughs> <laughs> that's that's terrific that's like um damn i love that i i know my friend has a story about a time he was like skateboarding or something and he like didn't stop himself in time and so someone like grabbed him by the shirt and pulled him off the pulled him off the skateboard and the, the skateboard went into the you know went in the traffic and like a truck ran over it and Whoa. you know who it was it was fucking paul stanley from kiss <laughs> dude what that's crazy oh my gosh that's insane imagine being saved by paul stanley (laughs) have you had any crazy um run-ins in celebrity encounters my craziest like thing like that was is a little bit different because i was going to see this band play so like it wasn't like totally random but i really wanted to go see brad oberhofer Oh yeah, over offer. Uh, I like always loved his music, and I was like seventeen, and uh, I like commented on the Instagram for the Nashville show, and I was just like, um, I was like, man, I wish I could be there, but I'm only seventeen, and I was like doing my homework like at home, like with my family, and I'm just like sitting there, and yeah. it's like it's like Brad Oberhofer replied to your comment, and he was like, meet me by my van in fifteen, and I was like, what the, and then I was like, I was like, yo, I gotta go, and so I drove, and like I live in the suburbs, so it took me like twenty five minutes to get there. And then when I got there, like, I heard the first song start. I was like, no. And I tried to show, like, the door guy. I was like, Brad said I can come. And they were like, we don't care. You cannot be here. So I was just, like, standing, like, the parking lot's, like, behind the venue. So I was just, like, standing in the back, just, like, listening to this, like, really muffled, all my favorite songs being played. I was like, I guess I'll just, like, listen from here. And then uh, it was, like, the second to last song, and, like, the door kicked open. And Brad was, like, playing a wireless guitar. And he was like playing. He was like playing the set. And he like looked at me. He's like, you "Trying to get in here?" And I was like, "Yes, <laughs> yes, I am." And he's like, "Come on!" And then he like the waters like cleared for him as he went back to the stage. And I just like followed behind him and like stood on the front row for the rest of the set. And I was like, oh I, don't God, if, awesome. "I don't know if I don't I don't know if you like remembered me or if you were just being crazy." But he just like was perfect. He just like I was just there still waiting by this van, and he was just like, "Come on in." <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. What a, <laughs> changed, what a, changed my what life. A, also, like, what a message to get. Like, come to my van in 15 minutes. Yeah, right. I know. Like, that is crazy that he thought I would be able to do that, but <laughs> I, I wish I could have. But I still got to hug him and got to see his song. And, you know, the whole crowd just thought I was like sent. They were just so confused because he just opened the door for me and led me in. Oh, my God. It's a hero moment. He was my hero at the time, too. So it was just such a big thing for me. I remember I listened to a few songs and I really liked them. Um, I never got super, super into him, but I remember really liking him. That was like, um, I'm trying to think who I was into. I don't know. I think back then I listened to a lot of like, I still do listen to them, but like Deer Hunter and stuff. And I, I got to meet yeah. Bradford and Lockett and walk around with Lockett for a long time. It was just like, Whoa. you know, I was like, what, 18 coming out of like, you know just really weird times so then that happening was like the nicest you know kind of most fulfilling thing ever that's really cool that was awesome wow Um, that's really special yeah i would bet that being in new york you have would like 
I mean, Nashville, obviously, there's a little bit of a different relationship with music, like growing up here, but New York, especially, I feel like, I mean, you have every opportunity to see like every one you would want to is like coming to town more so New York than any other place, I would think maybe LA, but probably New York. Yeah, most of the time. Yeah. Um, by the way, I just remembered it's Cafe Coco. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Cafe Coco is right behind Exit In. So that's what you were when you say there were like other bands playing. Yeah, there were like nearby. bigger bands playing. Wow, Cafe Coco is a weird place to play. It was, was it strange. Weird? It was bizarre. Yeah. I had like a slight panic attack before this. <laughs> I was like, I'm tripped out here. And I was wearing like, I was wearing this shirt, which is like one of those like rest stop, like country sassy shirts, you know? Yeah. You and I had like this truck hat that, St- you remember Steven? From your band, Steven? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Steven still has that. Um, I was just like decked out in this weird ass like fit with cowboy boots and stuff because I was like really leaning into the fit at that time. And um, yeah, I don't know. I remember like sitting there in the van like before this show started, before anyone said, I was like, I need to like just deep breathe. Like, I don't know. Something yeah. about it was really just a lot to take in. But then it, it once the show actually started, it was really great it's a cramped little space like you're like like low ceilings like there's not really it's just like it's a weird place and sometimes the lighting they like don't even turn the lights off and you're just like i'm playing i'm just like playing in the corner of a coffee shop right here but the bands that play like they book like a ton of like metal and stuff so it's just very really and it's it's, like the only 24 7 coffee shop so i mean like the freaks and i mean that in the most supportive way but like all the weirdos are there you know what i mean like everybody's a weirdo in nashville is hanging out at cafe coco yeah, just every oddball, every everyone who plays chess or has a hookah or whatever, whatever it is, reads existential books. It's like it's just like your classic like '90s weirdo like coffee shop with like everyone who makes the city special is like hanging out there. <laughs> yeah, so it's a great um, place to be. <laughs> my God, it was really wild. You know, I yeah. was gonna ask you. So, like, I mean, because obviously I can relate to the idea that you know touring, especially for you, I feel like you're such a vital presence like when you see when like out of anyone I think I've seen play live like no one has had more presence and energy I think than you and I'm talking like big bands too you know like legitimately just just the amount of joy like people you know my friends still bring you up all the time (laughs) no way people people who who were at that show that I don't even know like will dm me and be like um what's the info on that freeze guy like where can i hear his music and i just direct them to your music and stuff dude um, that's so cool yeah you made a big impression here and rightfully so you were amazing but what i was gonna say was you know obviously it's kind of like a lifeblood thing like life force kind of thing for you touring so how have you how have you navigated this time outside of like not being able to do that yeah well it's been really sad like it's been the first probably like first time i've experienced like a really long season of like being sad Mm -hmm. because like i don't know right out of high school i started like playing a lot actually i went to college for a little bit but i was still like booking shows all the time and then eventually booking tours and then eventually dropped out and i feel like i'm on the flip side of this like super high that i had for years where it's like i realized pretty quickly like at a pretty young age what I wanted to do and like you know literally I get the more I realized that was pretty rare because so many of my friends like still have no idea what they want to do you know and Mm -hmm. the fact that I was like yep this is it 
is very like driven and just like one track like but then now <laughs> it's like now losing that it was like whoa i had all my eggs in that basket and uh like like it yeah it's just it's just hard like i don't know how really to do it like so i, I at first i was pretty i was like had, i came home from that we were on tour when covid happened and came home from that tour and i was pretty optimistic i was like you know whatever i'm gonna just take some time to do some stuff but then i didn't account for the fact that like i would be uninspired or like not able to function at a high capacity so i've just never really reckoned with that the way i've had to now like i've never really felt like depressed in a way where you like literally like that feeling of just like i know what i need to do i just can't do it you know it's like so it's like i i'm but I, I am like, tr I've tried to do the 180. Like I've tried just like making, like I'm just like making stuff and mm. making, like I'm still making, I'm like making music at home, like on Logic for the first time and like making uh, like this show and like stuff like this and making TikToks and stuff. And are so making, there, there's- You're on TikTok? Yeah, are you on TikTok? I like have like a, like a very small account that I don't actually use for anything. I had, I made it back when- it was you remember when it was musically yeah and so i made a bunch of like videos on there just kind of as a joke and then like, <laughs> i didn't realize tiktok was gonna like be the thing and then right like, a big comeback and whatever <laughs> um so now it's like a thing and i don't really i just let people send me stuff on it like my friends yeah. send me videos and that's it but i'm gonna follow you please do man please do i'm uh i'm trying to do like that and this and like youtube and everything and I don't know, like it's it's hard. Like I never I've never known how to grow your music without touring. Like I've never like I've never reconciled with a world like cause some artists, that's all they do. You know, like I have friends who like are just as much a musician and in the music industry as me, but they they're like, Oh, I'm like do it I do they do it differently. They're like, Oh, I like promote this and make this YouTube video and I'm gonna advertise this on facebook and i'm like yeah I mean, oh i just i just tore you know who really there are people who just really like think at that mindset and are able to like do the business side and that's not really me um yeah i yeah i can relate really hard to kind of feeling the sudden like lack of inspiration and motivation i mean from an early age i kind of also realized like i was like all right music in whatever capacity this is like the thing i want to do and then once i figured out i wanted to write songs and do this and that I was like, okay, well, this is what I want to do, right? And I think, like, the more time I've been left to my devices and, like, not constantly moving, I think the more I'm like, is this all I wanted to do? Did I want to do more? Like, what what do I want? You know, and, like, it's – I don't know if you grapple with that, like, rec like kind of – not reckoning. What's the word? Like, I don't know if you grapple with that kind of, like, struggle of not knowing whether or not you're 100% in it or not. I hmm. think I am, but sometimes it's easy to get very um, discouraged, I guess, when yeah. you know, literally everything is shut down. Right. Um, totally. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't, I've been trying to record. I've been actually doing a lot more than I thought. Starting like at the end of 2019, I started teaching at School of Rock. Cool. Which was nice. really cool. And I actually think you'd be awesome. I mean, I know they have, they have it in Nashville. Yeah. Um. I really think you'd be great at it, you know, just as a way to make, you know, some money and like, you know, interact with, you know, kids who want to learn music and like, 
you know, it's, it's, I don't want to sound like preachy or over like, you know, I don't want to sound like overly like savory, but it is some, there's something really cool in seeing these kids kind of going through that same period of really getting interested in music that you went through and knowing how you felt at the time. Yeah. And then kind of guiding them on that or helping them on that journey. Most of them really do, you know, a lot of the work themselves, but um, right. that's been one of the fun things. I did, I've been doing that since then. And thankfully I've been able to keep that job and just do it remote. Um, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. I also teach privately now, which is a relatively new endeavor, but it's, it's been really cool. It's like kind of like people really? our age, maybe a little older or maybe, you know, um, and that's been really cool because it, that's another form of like, all right, well, these are people who like are fast learners. They're motivating themselves. You know, I feel like sometimes with the kids at school of rock, you know, sometimes the parents can be motivated. Like they're like, kind of like, you know, right. But you can tell what, like, who's, who's who. Thankfully, I think all my kids are really like into it. So it's, it's, it's nice. I'm really lucky. But yeah. That is cool, man. That's awesome. Wait, do you teach guitar privately? Teach guitar, you say you teach privately? I teach piano. I teach a bit of bass. And I'm teaching voice, you know, which I feel a little bit like an imposter doing because I think, like, I don't know. It's so weird to teach voice, especially. I don't know if you like, you right? Know, just explaining what your body is supposed to be doing and feeling when you're singing is like the biggest trip. I don't know. Totally. Yeah, right. It's like, uh, and then also, but like, and then when you, when you're just like an artist too, it's like, none of those rules really apply when you're like, just, they're like, you know, the, the people they listen to probably don't follow the the singing rules, at least that I taught, was taught when I took voice lessons or did like choir in school. So it's like, uh, you're almost learning the rules to break them, you know, yeah, or, it's true. or just like, like kind of have a general guideline. I think it's hard to do that in the moment. I think it's hard to really be aware because then you're you're taking yourself away. You're taking a part of yourself away from actually performing, if that makes any sense. I mean, you know, there are settings where it's like, all right, well, like classical singing, obviously you need to know technique, but like, you mm. know, you're going to tell me that in the middle of like a really heated performance, you know, you're playing and, you know, you're thinking, oh, I better be, you know, taking low breaths from my diaphragm. And I mean, you yeah, know, it's for... like... <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just have a hard time totally. reading it. I, I I think it kind of psychs you out, actually. I don't know if that's your experience, but it psychs me out when I think about technique when I'm singing. Because then I'm like, well, now I'm like hesitating in the song and you can hear it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, right. It, it uh, I've, I, I've, I, my like relationship with singing like on tour is that I like always lose my voice to be in a tour. I'll go, you know, I always go too hard in the paint and then like, by day three, I'm like, well, I'm screwed. I don't have a voice anymore. And then I have to like, I'm not sure. It's like some sort of combination of either my vocal cords, just like get used to it. Like, I think there is some sort of, I don't know. You're you're a vocal teacher. Maybe you know more, but I think you do kind of like get used to it a little bit. But then also I learn how to like, I learn, I'm like, if I go for that note right now, like in my head, I just know like, don't do that. Like you have to sing again tomorrow. Like don't scream right here. You know, it's like contain yourself a little bit or know your boundaries. You know. Yeah, that's so real. That is so real. What what used to happen was like literally like ten minutes into any show when I first started doing it, I would lose my voice entirely and it would sound terrible. <laughs> and then over the years, I like, I would get better. I mean, obviously, you know, the more you do it, the more you get better. You're, I mean, because it is a muscle. There is kind of like a system, you know, that needs to be 
trained and, and exercised and whatever. Um, yeah, I think what happens to me, though, is whenever I go on tour at some point or another, I actually, barring the March tour that we did with when we, when we played Nashville and Knoxville and all those, um, I always get a cold. I always get sick. Right, dude. Always. Yeah. What's up with that? I, that happens to me, too. Is that just, like, because you're outside so much or is it because it's like you're changing different like um locations like within the whole earth like since traveling to different climates it like maybe it affects your body in certain ways i think that's part of it i'm sure there's like stress has to do with it yeah yeah. um and i also just have a terrible immune system like really just i i somehow like during i mean i guess obviously because we're all being extra careful like i wear two masks and stuff like um i haven't gotten like a cold or anything wow and it's like wow this makes me really think like especially new york how how much like we don't take into account like germs and like crowded spaces and whatever i don't know right right because i used to get sick like every two months or something it was pretty ridiculous yeah me and my two friends who were like i guess in my circle or whatever like we like work out in his garage and stuff like like we're like together in this Mm -hmm. and none of us have gotten covid which has been really i think we're just straight up lucky like i don't i don't know you know what i mean well how has it been in nashville as a whole like i mean i'm i'm assuming it hasn't been great (laughs) but yeah tennessee's been like the worst state or whatever like we keep getting shamed as being like the worst state of all when it comes to covid so i don't I, i think i think we're just the perfect mixture of like a really big touring cap like tourism spot mixed with like the type of tourism that comes here is like t- just the kind of tourism that would totally denies covid and then on top of that oh, it's just God. like really populated and uh entertainment i don't know it's just whatever we are we're just perfect location and type of city to just like i think get it, get it really bad um you know fortunately most of the people in my circle have been okay you're like you know i don't know anyone immediately close who's like passed away from it or anything but but definitely like a friend of a friend or you know like older people like my dad's like friend at church or something you know like people are like it's like tangibly here and like you know it's it's scary for sure i i'm i live right next door to my grandparents and i haven't seen them the whole time it's just so sad because they're like older you know i definitely want to be with them uh as much as i can it's like just a huge bummer that my like i can't see my like 91 year old granddad you know what i mean um but He's getting the vaccine in like a few weeks, so things are looking up. And uh, oh, awesome! Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, right. But yeah, th- things are things are good. Um, still been able to record because we record at Johnny and Bryce's like the Future Crib house. So, mm-hmm. like, still been able to record some songs and really just been hanging out here with my family, which is nice. Getting to be with my parents and my sister moved back in too because she was moving back to Nashville uh, after she like got her grad degree so the the fam's here and it's it's fun man that's um, awesome yeah it's it's comfy it uh regarding what you were talking about earlier about like not being like being s- somewhat unsure like finding some weird like second wave of like uncertainty with music i i think that like i'm experiencing that in a, in a certain way like i i definitely know i still want to do music but it's like I, I, for me it's reckoning with the fact that like what I wanted to do, like even in high school, which was not that long ago, um, is a completely different world than what I'm doing. And it's not just because I'm like less famous than I thought I was going to be or something like that. 
but it's like what I thought was being a musician when I was like in high school meant like making a record every two to three years and like touring. And like, I had this expectation that you could like make enough money off of that to like live. You know what I mean? So in my head, it was just like, I'd be this person who's like, Oh, I got to work on my next album. And then I'd be like, well, time to go on tour. And it's like very, just like made a lot of sense. It's like, Oh, I, I could do interviews too. Like, that'd be fun. You know, I like, but then yeah, yeah. now, but now it's like, it's not even, it's just that like the actual thing of what it means to be a musician has changed in so many ways. Like, because there's like actually no money in it at all which is fine but it means that we all have to do all these other things and then we're all like stressed out about like social media and stuff and like social media is okay but it's just frustrating you know it's It's just like okay well (laughs) i there there are things i like about it like it's cool to like see my friends do stuff but yeah you know what i mean it's like it's gross and it's like i never they they all that like all of the internet and all these like apps and developers they try to incentivize it's like this thing that like is pot it like is attractive to you as an independent artist it's like oh like you can see your analytics and like do better and stuff but then it's just it's just a death trap like you just i don't know i never wanted to care about all that you know it's just it's it's, it's exhausting you know it's a, it's a bleak existence when you have to pay for listeners like isn't that what spotify is doing now like you have to pay to do some sort of shit i i didn't really read yeah. the article because i just was like i saw spotify i saw the headline i was like i'm not i'm not like have to like it literally it just like gets so under my skin just all the all the ways that music feels i just don't maybe it's partly that i don't like to feel rushed and maybe that's what that's what like the the way that the music industry moves now is so fast right it just it just all feels really like okay algorithm this algorithm that and like not to sound like a crotchety old man but like it just is really it sucks. I don't know. You right. Know, and the fact that no one is making money, even the ones who are doing well, aren't making shit off of off of you know the streams that they get. Like it's like, you know, totally. All power to the consumer. I I get it. Like that that they want music to be accessible to people, but like, I don't know. It's just these are people's livelihoods, and it's 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 like, you know, this art is a thing of passion, and it's hard to see that passion be like diluted by all the business aspects of things totally totally yes yeah i I totally i totally agree it's i you think about all your heroes like from any other time period it's like bob dylan would have like never made it like nowadays like it would have he would have because the whoever what makes bob dylan so special is like that he would have hate like he i mean he's still alive it's not but like you know if he was young now i really doubt that he would have been like really into like influencer culture or even like posting an Instagram at all. He probably would have hated it, you know? And it was, he, those artists back then had such a separation where they just did the art and it's cool. And like a lot of people also got screwed over by their managers and by labels telling them what to do. So I I get that there was like definitely a very uh, prevalent, like negative side to like having less control, but now we have all the control, but it's in some ways, but in other ways it's like exhausting. And well, I think it was just different because you know, it wasn't as in your face. Like if you wanted to go, if you wanted to listen to a record, you had to go get the record. You had to tune in, you had to actively engage. Like now it's just, everyone's doing different content. You know, it's, it's always going to be a competition over who can, you know, who can get their little song in. Totally right. It's yeah. And it's exactly when, when we talk about like being a musician now, it's, it's, 
like my idea of what it was back then was like you made the art and you toured off of it and there were obviously everyone had their own relationship with how much they toured and how much music they made and stuff but now it's like it seems like the, I, maybe i was just ignorant but it, it seems like there was a lot just fewer avenues and now it's like you could like be someone like does twitch streams or like youtube does this or you can put all there's so many different like avenues to where you can take your music now and like different like types of art and yeah like everyone's doing like you said like their own thing it's like uh it's just a lot more complicated and doing their minecraft set yeah doing their minecraft set and on top of that the fact that there's just like no money in it it, it does make it feel it feels sometimes it just feels devastatingly uh difficult and not, it's not always you know and when i do have touring I definitely didn't feel that way. I definitely felt like touring was like this just beacon of light that like transcended all of that to me. But there's the but now that I'm like can't tour and I've been trying to like really reckon with like the internet and what it means to like be a musician, a modern musician, I do find it kind of bleak and like I haven't quite figured out my relationship with it. You know, yeah. just the long version of answering your first question, which was how is it going with like music and stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah, I feel you. And I, I want to know more about, like, what you've been, like, doing in Logic and stuff. But I just want to say, like, there is this, like, I don't know, maybe, I don't know if this is the right term. I keep saying that, not to sound like, or I don't know if this is the right term. But I think there's a cognitive dissonance because on the one hand, it's like, or I guess that just comes about when you make the thing you love your career path. Um, right, yeah. You know, because it's like, totally. all right, well, why am I stressed about making money? Like, isn't, am I just, I thought I was doing this just for me because I don't care, you know, about all that stuff. I'm doing it for me. But then it's like, you know, there, it's, it's like, yes, but also, you know, if this is what you want to do, you have to, you know, indulge in the whole thing. It's, it's very weird. I'm very, like, I'm a very <laughs> slow moving person. Right. I, I take way too long on records. I, you know, I know a lot of people who just like will throw stuff out and out and out and just constantly come up with ideas. I'm like, I don't know how you do this. Like right. people just constantly like, for instance, I don't know how you, you used to tour a lot and like a lot. And it was like genuinely inspiring. And I just like literally had no idea how you were, you had like the stamina to do that. <laughs> you know? Dude. Yeah. I, man, well, before I toured so much, I actually put, I used to be one of those people with music. Like I would put out music all the time like in high school and stuff like mm -hmm. and then it kind of like flipped like when i started touring i got really into touring and i found it really hard like music went from something that i felt like i could do really quickly to like since about 2016 it's been like last like five years it's been like slower like i don't and i don't really know why it's like maybe it's just because i felt like there were more eyes on me but I, I feel like a lot of pressure like it's hard for me to break through and be like i i envy people who are like really prolific and maybe one day i'll be that again but as of now, it's just very – takes a long time to make music, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so, like, what kind of – what kind? Of, so what is your, like, writing process? Like, how is it – has it changed in, you know, not only in the years since you've really focused more on touring, but also, like, especially now that we're all cooped up, you know? Yeah, well, the all of the singles I've put out and, like, I've got a few more that I've done too that are, like – I've recorded with like Johnny and Bryce, like starting with Wisteria. Those are all tracked to tape. So that was kind of me trying to make a project, make music that one was just the kind of music I want to make, 60s feel, this like pop, 60s pop kind of thing. But also like I was attracted to like recording into tape and stuff because I know that I tour so much. So I, I wanted to create music that 
rep represented the tour, you know, like this is what you hear on the record and what you're going to hear live, like making those things a little bit more similar because the album like before that energy or like arrangement wise, um, both like, like the, the fact that it was like, the songs are like two guitars, bass and drums and maybe keys. It's like, we can literally do that on a stage. Whereas the album before that, like the one I did in 2017 had like brass and strings and stuff. And it was just like, I realized that I couldn't do any of that live. So, and there is something to be said about, you could do, you can have an, a record that sounds a certain way and go live. But I wanted those to be a little bit more similar, but now I'm kind of, after being home for a year, I've just been like, messing with like auto-tune and beats and stuff and i'm just like oh that's cool i don't know i don't, I don't know what it's gonna i don't know what it's gonna be like but i'm having fun just like making more like poppy just like pop music less rock it's more that's awesome yeah yeah it's fun man it's li I, it's liberating <laughs> yeah i've been i've been working on some um not my own i've been working on other people's like rack rap projects like instrumentally like i've come up with some beats for some rappers and um cool you know, played some instruments and stuff which is cool and that's been really liberating just you know first of all to get out of that like indie rock bubble <laughs> and then totally. also just because it's really it actually i didn't realize how much i mean i think that rap production is some of the most creative out there to be honest like i think it yeah. really is just the most forward-thinking stuff right now totally um, i totally agree and just to like be like okay well i can analyze what works about this and then kind of mess around with it too it just i don't know it's like playing with it's like playing with all these things it's just a lot of fun i don't know so i feel you like logic logic making beats and instrumentals and and anything is really liberating i have a very hard time usually just allowing myself to write whatever comes. I think a lot of the time I'm like, well, this has to be really good. You know, it has to be really good by my like unhealthy standard or it has to be, yeah. really, you know, I don't know. So then I, I stop halfway through anything and I just, you know, throw it out or I lock it away and then move on to the next idea. Right. Um, the really nice thing about 2019 that I was hoping would continue onward was I'd like had written like three songs that I really was like, these are some of my favorite songs I've done or something like that. Wow. Um, and so, like, basically, I don't know. Um, so you've been recording. I actually recorded some stuff to tape, too. I am working really? on an EP. I'm working on an EP. Hopefully it'll be out this year. I mean, it will be. But yeah. like I said, I'm slow as molasses. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I am working. It's like four songs that I'm really, really happy with i think they're a bit different than the stuff that we've done before i mean you know it's all it's all still guitar rock pop indie rock music but it's like you know i don't know i used a lot more stuff like this was my first time recording with like string players and and whatnot so I'm yeah right wow that's it. cool but um, i started before the pandemic not actually during we just kind of kept mixing throughout the pandemic carefully and that's like so that's like a in a set of songs you feel like are already like there with each other like you're not writing those anymore like that's a piece a project that's like beyond that phase and cohesive yeah. in that sense yeah i mean the thing is i think the songs themselves sound pretty different from each other and i don't know i don't i'm usually very like self-conscious of that i'm like oh well i don't want these to be too different or whatever but i don't know i find that there's some sort of emotional through line that i i am really 
I don't know. I connect to them much more than than the stuff I've written as of yet. I mean, save for a handful of songs that I haven't, you know, put out yet. Just something about this set of songs makes me feel really like, all right, this is actually capturing where I'm at now. One of them yeah. is from a few years ago. One of them is from like maybe four or five years ago or something like that. And it, it was the one that I honestly did not expect to record it. But I was like, you know, this would fit. It feels like a closing thing. So it's really different, cool. which I'm a little like, I feel a little nervous about, but not that nervous. I just think it really accurately represents like, I don't know, the stuff I think about and go through and whatever. I don't know. Right. Just a narcissistic artist thoughts. <laughs> whatever, man. Are you, uh, do you have a place like in your uh, house in New York where you can like record stuff? Like you said you record on Logic, like I said, at home. Yeah, so I record stuff at home, but that's mostly like demos and stuff because I can't, I don't have like a place for a drum kit or anything. So we tracked all the stuff. We tracked it at a couple of places. Um, my friends Julian and Carlos of the band um, Ava Luna, uh, they run a studio called Gravesend. Uh, it's like in Brooklyn. Uh, it's really nice. It's really cool. They have this like wow. um, oscilloscope thing um, that's really neat. That's cool. And then a lot of the times for, for a good bunch of the record, my friend Henry and I would go up or, or I'd work with, you know, our, my friend Oliver up there um, at this place called Holy Fang, which is like an hour and a half out of the city, an hour out of the city, maybe two. Um, it's in a place called Hopewell Junction. And it's like part, first of all, it's like a house, right? But it's also part recording studio, part animal sanctuary holy moly what yeah, no so it's awesome there's like Dude. Well, i don't i don't want to count this wrong there's like five or six dogs you know there are a few wow. pigs there's like uh there was a horse i don't know if there's still a horse i think there is there's dark goats there's a bird there's like a whole bunch of cats like it's literally like i don't know it's it's just so nice and um that's really cool yeah. man the, we've all we've all become really close up there so i would go back and forth there very carefully just because it's like a small it's a small town and i think everything's pretty distant so we haven't had to worry too much about yeah um you know getting sick that's good that's cool well, I'm, I'm excited to hear that i you uh for those listening who don't know you've put out uh with dolly spartans at least to my knowledge two collections of songs right there's one in 2014 and one in 2017 yeah. and they're both like six i think six songs and five songs right yes so they're like they're like these like really like i mean they're like years apart from each other these like packages of songs so it sounds like you're like creating like a third like group of like very like intentionally well put together songs which is I cool i thought about it that way that's pretty cool <laughs> that's yeah that sounds about right actually i don't know because I mean, I don't know what how you view, like, the songs on your work, you know? Like, because I feel like, well, how how far apart, like, as far as, like, your, your last release is, like, I don't know. How do you feel like they connect? Yeah, they, everything since, so I put out that album, an album in 2017. That was my last, like, collection as well. Um, and then all of them since then have been, like, starting with Wisteria, which came out in 2019. So I'm still working on, I'm going to eventually patch it like it's an album, but it's going to be crazy because it's like the songs will have come out two years apart from each other. But uh, with COVID and I don't know, just the way the internet works now, I kinda, I feel like it's going to be okay. But th I think they're going to be cohesive just because they're all tracked to tape and 
with the same band. Uh, so it should feel cohesive. And yeah, like every time I, I, I had like, I guess one in 2015, the one in 2017, then this one I'm working on as well. So it's kind of similar to your timeline where, um, but like, they've all been very separate projects. Um, I've, I've been reckoning with like, what do we mean to not think as much like that? Like I have really been doing the singles now, even though they're leading to an album. Then I'm thinking like in the future, even more, just like, I don't know, doing more like collaborative stuff and trying to be a little bit less uh, album oriented or like project oriented and more just like song oriented. Um, Cause I feel like that could be healthier for me and could be like more of like the pace of what the industry is right now. But mm-hmm. I just, I, I don't, I haven't fully crossed that bridge, but that's kind of why I've been putting out all the songs as singles instead of like releasing it as a group. It's just because I figured I'd try that out since it seems like what everyone is doing. And I never want to like, I don't know. I don't want to like not do something if I should, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's hard to know what you're, what you're holding onto. Like, am I behaving a certain way because I want to, or am I being like, am I not willing to adapt? <laughs> I don't know. I think about that kind of stuff all the time, you know? Yeah. I I'm like, should that. I be like, like I felt the way about TikTok for a long time. I talked about this on the show before where I was like, I don't want to do that. And I was like, wait, do I not want to do that? Because I actually just don't, or am I just like not willing to adapt or like, cause I look at like all my favorite artists and how they kept making relevant music throughout decades. And I'm like, I wonder what that, I want to talk to them and be like, what does that mean? Like, how do you, continue to grow when you're like 45 like how are you still like making music that's like relevant at all or I, I just I don't know I just wonder how art and culture how you continue that relationship especially when you're like older and yeah, maybe no longer art is plugged history. in yeah it's weird because I think a lot of the times the people who do the best in terms of like getting older and, and tuning in and like not tuning in and like staying relevant um is just not they don't really think like they they kind of act not that they actively oppose it but they just don't think about it which i think is hard for us yeah. to grow up with constant like media barrage to do yeah like i don't know that they were growing up with the same amount of like you know we, we just have technology everywhere and like again not to sound like a crotchety old man but (laughs) it really is a thing that it affects your psychology and your view of the world and your mentality that it's like all right well everything i do has to constantly be relevant and fit into this window of time and i have to be ready for the next window of time and you know the the ep that i'm working on actually started out i was going to do exactly i was like in 2019 i'm like okay i'm going to put out this song and then i'm going to put out this song i'm going to i'm just going to do it i'm just going to say throw caution in the wind fuck it let's just let's just have it out there yeah. And then you know the kind of the obsessive part of me got got a hold of me, and uh, I don't know. There's something I still like. I mean, probably viewing it in terms of songs is definitely like a healthier approach, just because I think you're putting less pressure on yourself. I mean, that's been my experience, but there is something really nice about seeing the way you know, like a group of songs will come together in a way that you didn't expect them to. Right. Um, But I don't think there's a wrong way. I think that, like, you know, as far as the willing to adapt, like, sure, you know, I I try to adapt when I can, you know, I try, I mean, I use it, I try to post 
Instagram stuff at an ideal time. I mean, my my stories are just <laughs> random bullshit. But, or like my stories are either like things I think like I want to share for you know like issues and information, or it's just me like taking a picture of like like a Monster Energy car or whatever the hell you know like. <laughs> yeah, totally. I definitely am not you know good with content in that sense, but right. Yeah, I don't know. Like, in terms of adapting, it's really weird because once you... St- like, obviously, as musicians, we have to adapt, but, like, do we? I don't know. That's right. very douchey, but, like, do we no. have to? Because what once we adapt to the new thing, there will be something else. Like, the right. things that were popular, like, a year ago, you know, are not... Like, like I'm trying to think of a meme from a year ago, you know? Like, yeah. I literally can't. Yeah. And I think now time our view of time is so different. It's just like the every industry is just really like I don't know. I think it's it's good to take one's time. It's yeah, fun. I think or at I least think so too. myself. Right. And well and, and also it's like art is countercultural. I mean the whole point of art is that it influences culture. Like culture isn't supposed to always shape art. That's part of what makes an artist an artist is that they you you view culture and you don't totally engage with it like in a like a puppy you're not just like ready to like do whatever you have to do like wagging your tail it's like you're supposed to like you we we kind of make the rules as artists which is scary but so sometimes going against the grain is like exactly the thing that culture needs is like is like icons who are like not totally just like playing this like game you know what i mean And, and and furthermore like I think about like the Beach Boys, who are my favorite band. Yep, I was I was gonna um, talk to you about the Beach Boys. They're my favorite too. Oh, dude! Wait, really? Yeah, I remember when when we did the Thunderstruck thing. You asked me what my favorite pre-pet sounds um, album was, and I said I either said Summer Days and Summer Nights or uh, Beach Boys Today. Dude, yes, those two are amazing. The the both the ones that were both right before Pet Sounds. Those are. They're really yeah. gold, man. They're really gold. Like They're people, beautiful. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's like a, such good pop music. And, man, uh, Brian, what I was going to say is in the – when he's – I'm sure you've seen that video of them accepting the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Oh, my God. Oh my thing. But uh, Brian, you know, Brian's speech is really sweet, and Mike's is obviously ridiculous. And then – He's like, I like to see the mop tops do I get around. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and then Bob Dylan gets up, and he's like – He's like, thank you for not mentioning me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, Brian in his speech, at one point he's like, he's like, the Beach Boys have gone, we're in style and out of style and back in style again. And it's like, man, that probably is crazy. Like, to just be like singing a song like, you know, about surf and safari. And then like, they're just becoming the lamest thing, like becoming so uncool. Yeah, and like it's like seventy two, and you're like, I can't believe I made that song, but then like the eighties come around, people are like, oh man, remember that song that you made? That was awesome. And it's like, oh yeah, that is cool. Like, it, who could ever know? Like, it, I don't know. It's just the way that culture changes, and all you can do is just like keep being you, because yeah. it'll catch up to you eventually. And like, I don't know. It's better to just be countercultural. I think in so many ways. Definitely, I think there's an element of. I mean, I don't know if you noticed this. I mean, there is. I mean, even when you mentioned that, like when 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 there's like a return in the '80s and whatever, you know, to like surfing, safari, and all that. But like, I don't know. What I notice, I think, is there's a lot of nostalgia that fuels a lot these days. I think that 
mm. <laughs> because the, the the present is so bleak and has been for a while like our generation and maybe the one before it it has been more nostalgic and looking back towards like the 90s or, or even the 80s or whatever you know yeah and so you you see that in the visuals and in the sound and in and in like you know certain ways that we market things and i think it all comes from this fear of the unknown it's like because now record labels are so like like there is no real surefire you know thing that like you'll have a backing and you'll be able to take risks it's like you know are we sticking it safe because of a fear of the unknown that i think certain people don't have you know like all the you know i think brian wilson especially like when he made pet sounds he was definitely not a like i don't think he was afraid i mean he was definitely like nervous from you know murray and all those people but right but you know then you go you see smile and like he starts out with this like i'm gonna make this insane thing but then the fear and the unknown kicks in right because he's like i have all this music how the hell am i gonna put this together yeah and then, like no one actually wants to put it together you know so it really is debilitating even back then when when it was you know when brian wilson had millions of dollars of backing behind him um it's it's a thing that I think artists constantly have to struggle with, or at least people in general. Like even if you're starting a new job, or if you're, you know, whatever you're doing, if you're moving somewhere new, or I don't know. I've just been thinking yeah. a lot about that. It's like how much am I stopping myself because I'm afraid to find out the answer and the result, or mm-hmm. is it because I just don't think it's like a good idea? You know? Yeah, right. That's that's really interesting. You know, someone like our hero Brian in terms of everything we were just talking about, it's like he was excited to create music because he loves music so much. He wasn't like, I don't think that he was really cared, could have cared less about how smile was going to impact or like if how cool it was going to be or how relevant it was going to be. You know, he was just, he was so focused on just making, cause like pet sounds was not very successful and smile. I mean, if it ever, if it had come out, I think people, I mean, their minds would have been blown. I, I don't, I can't imagine I can't it would have been. I was thinking about that. I was like, would they have loved it or would they have hated it? You know, right. like, I don't know. Um, I think the thing about Smile, too, is that, like, I mean, he was surrounded by a lot of, like, cool counterculture people. So there was definitely kind of, like, an intellectual, like, insecurity thing there. But it, mm. it manifested in this way that he really just went headfirst into the ideas and, like, didn't let it really stop him, you know? Yeah. Yeah, um, right. Which is the important thing. I was going to ask you, actually, so so we've talked about pre-pet sounds. What about post-Smile favorite album? Oh, man. Well, so I think everything, um, obviously, like, I guess you have a pretty, there's a shorter window of, like, the records they made right after that, um, Wild Honey and, like, 2020 and, like, Friends and, uh, what else is there? There's the one, the white one, where they're like, oh, with their kids. Yes, yeah, yeah, sunflower. Uh, oh man, like, like all of those are really good. Like the, the, that spurt they had. Oh, and like smiley smile. Like right after they made smile, like there was just there's a really long span. Um, I think my favorite is probably friends. It's just like very, very, very cool. Uh, yeah. it's just well, I I I don't even know how to describe that record. It's just so 
sweet and peaceful <laughs> it is really just so peaceful and like happy and like he's like yo we've been friends forever you know like he's like, yeah it's like thanks to you you know and then like he he sings a song about doing nothing and here come to my address yeah you know? yeah yeah and then like honestly every song on that album i just i love you know that's just a really it's like a thing where it like i don't know it makes me sad to think about the myth of like oh he just completely gave up because it's like so clear that he didn't you know right totally yeah yeah, yeah, I, I, I totally agree. Yeah, he, there was, I've said before, like once you reach everything past smile, you maybe friends is a little bit of an exception. That one feels more, but but even so, in friends, like it almost helps you like have the Wikipedia article pulled up, like when you're listening to those records to see like who wrote each one, because like yeah. you can listen to a record and just be kind of baffled. You're like, wait, what's going on in this record? And then it's like, oh well, they let Al write this one, and he went out on this, or like this is Mike with like some other guy. It's like. Yeah, and then you're like, oh, yeah, this one's Brian. Like, yeah, it's just very like you almost need the context for those albums because it's you, you really do have like a group of of uh, artists who are like all kind of like stepping into their own shoes. Uh, yeah. and, like they're all trying to like fill in for Brian. And in some ways they really succeed, like in some songs and other times maybe not so much, which is kind of the glory of it. It's this beautiful mess. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And I really love surfs up too like the album oh um, yeah i mean maybe with the exception of student demonstration time i mean fuck that song but no, yeah like, what, what's honestly, going on with that song what? that song is just like the most like centrist conservative song about like student protests it's like it's like don't it's like something about like saying like you better watch out people are insulting policemen's mothers and that's why the riot's going on it's it's like really dumb but yeah the rest right. of the album is just beautiful like all the weird shit like the song about feet like does it take a load off your feet yeah yeah um don't go near the water which i don't even i don't know if brian even had involvement in that and Such then, a just like, beautifully sad song for like the Beach Boys, like for a band called the Beach Boys to write yeah. a song called Don't Go Near the Water. It's like, man, that really, really hurts. And then like the last few tracks, like Day in the Life of a Tree. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh my God. Dude, uh, okay, one album while we're talking about this that you, you might be familiar with, but have you heard of, have you ever like dug in deep like Lucky Old Son from 2008? I listened to a little bit of it, but I don't, I'm not as familiar with it. I just, I've seen, is that the one that he, he like, he's like, yeah, I was I I I worked with Zoe Deschanel and she was really good and <laughs> music was really good. <laughs> no, that's the one. Uh, that's the one with like a with a what do you call it, like a peer on it. Oh, no one, peer pressure. Yeah, peer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not as familiar with that one. Um, this one is like you know they put out the smile Brian Wilson smile in 2004, yeah. and and Brian had this like high off of that, and next been the next like four years. I don't know how much of those next four years but put out in 2008 lucky old son it's like it's like very cohesive it's almost like it, to me it's like a sequel to smile except like way cheesier but uh it's just like old man brian and it's very heartfelt it, it it's got some of the sweetest music on it man i have to listen to that again yeah please do give it a um, chance you, speaking of which you know what you know what album i actually really love what album um love you beach boys love you oh yeah that one's really like that uh, shit record. Yeah, I think Brian, that, Brian, like kind of took more control over that one, right? He's like that was like his big Brian's back, like like yeah, like, I'm writing all these songs. I'm on a coke, I'm on a coke bender, <laughs> like like I'm writing this. You know, it's just the most weird. Like I read a Patty Smith um like review of it. It's really cool, actually. I got it. I'll send it to you. 
But like like literally the opening the opening part of that whole song was like really intense like beating drum and synths and then Carl just going hey <laughs> like like it's it's insane I don't know it's like the yeah. whole album just has some really beautiful moments and really bizarre moments yeah like ding dang or whatever <laughs> yeah dude <laughs> that uh they're like to me they're the perfect like like American band and like no one could ever like it's too late for anyone else to like take that because it's like the way that they were able to like like starting in 62 and the way that they've just like stumbled their way throughout pop culture like to this day like the fact that there's still like a Beach Boys and a Brian Wilson like tours happening like it's just the, the amount of like they have every single thing that like an American band could have of like success and like youth and then also like drugs and like death like they like the whole story like it's the most sad and beautiful story that like could ever happen like these three brothers just it, just the whole thing is just like so and there's just so many time periods to their music like it's just this giant narrative happening like from like 62 span of time too you know i mean you see that with a lot of bands i mean you can see that with the beatles too but it's like everyone's right. growing up at an insane rate you know there's just the the, the, the expectation to be making record after record you know, really totally. see these people grow or like evolve or devolve in real time. You know, it's pretty wild. It it is extremely wild how from sixty two to sixty-nine, just all those bands like culturally, how they changed so quickly with obviously yeah, Beatles and Beach Boys being prime examples, but even like it's like every band, like the Kinks or like the yeah, Zombies the or just you pick any yeah. any band like CCR, it's just like putting out three records a year. It's just like or this obviously the stones it's just I, that time period to me is just an anomaly I, i'm endlessly fascinated with how bands went from like clean cut mercy beat british invasion and california tube to like the psychedelia it's just a very very yeah. crazy time for pop music it really is i mean i don't know like I, I i don't think we've seen that kind of like change across like a decade in a concentrated period of time i think I mean, the 70s come close. I mean, there are a lot of them, but I don't know. Like, the 80s, the aesthetic generally stays the same, largely, or from what I right. understand. Um, I mean, I'm probably overlooking a lot of stuff just because there's a whole lot of – you can't really fully classify music. But the 60s, right. like, it's just like, okay, you've gone from this really, like, clean thing, tail end of the 50s, like, rock and roll. Then, you you know, it's like it's like the Wizard of Oz when everything turns to color. And right. then, and then you know, you go in the late sixties, where everyone's like really raw and like scaling everything back, stripping it back to the essentials, and just being really yeah. Angry. It's pretty crazy. Um, totally. I forgot. I was gonna mention something about it. I don't know. Um, we'll keep. Maybe I'll remember it. We'll keep going. Well, there's something about like I think it also might have just been like technology and culture too. Like we're changing. We're also changing really quickly. And like since the eighties, like. I mean, we get we can get better at recording pop music, but the last forty years have been more of just like, I mean, you have your vocals are about as good as they're gonna get. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you can record infinite tracks. Like, once like Prague, once like music was like, oh, we can lay down like this much like maximalism and stuff. It's like we reached that point, and then now yeah. it's like we're all just like in some sort of weird post progression. I guess to me, it's like all you can have is. We, culture keeps changing but it's like a different thing now than it than like what growth could have been back then you know it's, it's funny i really wonder how we're gonna view all the music from now like 
you know, I remember I used to think like up until maybe, well, I don't know, maybe up until the mid 2010s or something. Like I was like, all right, the music of the 2000s, like it feels current still to me, just because I grew up with it. And then right. you, like listen now, it's like, oh, okay, like these were very specific trends of things, you know? Yeah. I don't know. It's just totally to see how things change all the time. I mean, to go from like. Yeah, I mean the Beach Boys encapsulated, I think, better than most most artists. Just like, in a short period of time, you go from like, all right, basic, you know, catchy, simple surf pop songs to like these heartbreaking like ballads and arrangements to like avant garde to like I don't give a fuck to you know yeah. then you you somehow end somewhere else. Another actually, I don't I don't know how I feel about this album as a whole, but I really like this song um from from carl and the passions so tough whoa uh, what, is, what is it what is it uh you need a mess of help to stand alone i don't know that i'm not familiar with that song i've only oh, listened to that album a couple great. times really one of my favorite drum sounds i think whoa okay i'll write that down so it's dude. the opening song and it's got a great piano part and it's a brian song but he's not singing it wow or he's maybe singing background but <laughs> that's cool man I'm gonna check yeah. this out. I yeah, I need. I've never given that album enough time. I think I was like so confused by the first time I heard it, and like the other weird like, gar- uh, guitar players and stuff. I was like, "What is going on? Is this even the Beach Boys?" It confused yeah. me. After a while, you just gotta realize that the Beach Boys as an entity make no sense. <laughs> yeah, exactly, dude. Uh, I, I did want to mention one thing. Uh, while I'm thinking of it, that I've been wanting to mention this whole time, which is that when I saw y'all play at Alphaville. Y'all played like one of the to one of the most like well received like audiences. Like like I rarely ever see a band who's like so loved by an audience as like y'all were that night. Like that I genuinely mean that it was like crazy. Like every time y'all like y'all were performing, like you were like playing Madison Square Garden, like the crowd was just like, eating it up. And I felt like y'all were just could have like kept playing forever. It was very it was crazy. It it made me really, really happy. I think we were really lucky. Thank you. I don't know. I think we were really lucky. First of all, I knew a lot of support, supportive people there, but there were a bunch of people who I, you know, didn't know who showed up too, which was wild. I think that it was just a great night all in all. I mean, like every band, I think they. I mean, because I saw that they were going crazy over you and Future Crib. Like, like I said, you know, people will still ask me about you guys, and yeah. I'm like, yeah, well, this is beyond deserved. Like, I'm glad that they can, these people can see, you know, this like these gems from nashville that like are coming here to bless us with music and that was just a really special night i think like just just it was very positive so i don't know if it necessarily had to do with us or if it had to do with just the night but i i'll take it you know i gotta say you're being from uh new york like i mean i'm from nashville like i don't know like people always say stuff like this to me so it's kind of weird those things to you but like i there's a ton of music here and it's very competitive and it's very saturated. And there's also a ton of like relevant culture here too, but I still, I mean, the idea of playing in New York freaked me out or Chicago or LA. I still never played in LA, but when I played in New York, that show with you, I was really nervous. Um, also because I just felt like it was going to be a moment of truth, whether if I have any like cultural real estate or like relevancy, like I was like really afraid I was going to get up there and people were just going to be like, Oh, another one of those guys. You know, like it'd be like the one city where people could just be like, "Oh, yeah, we've seen that." Like they're like, "Oh, New York's crazy." You know, like I thought there might just be this like, oh, like extra a, like a world or whatever. Yeah, or just the fact that like 
what I'm doing, I'm afraid if I like made it to New York, they'd be like, oh, there's a ton of people doing that exact same thing here. You know what I mean? Do you feel that? Like, I guess you're, but being from New York, you probably cracked that code at a young age of realizing it's just another oh, city. There's a lot of imposter syndrome that comes with being in New York. Really? Just everyone, everyone is putting up a front. Everyone's trying to do something different. And, every, and, and in that, I mean, there's only, there's only an X amount of notes in a scale. There's only X amount of notes in music, only X amount of sound you can really get. So it's like, the moment you let go of that, I mean, that was a big thing. There were, there were a lot of, like, cliques and exclusive, like, circles, social circles and stuff in, in, in New York. And there still are, but it's different now. A lot of places that really herald, heralded them, like, shut down. I mean, they were all lovely spaces, but there definitely were, like, groups of people who stuck together. Um, but the right. way I view it now and, and the way – the thing that really kind of helped me navigate that was just the realization that good music is good music, you know? Like – you know, there's 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 a difference between someone who's kind of just going through the motions, you know, as maybe maybe a good performer but boring. But then there's a performer who has good songs, like Nordista. You're you're a terrific musician and songwriter. Like, thank you. You man. know, like th- like it was. I didn't have any doubt that like anyone would get it, no matter where they are in the world. Like it's mm. like you know, good music is universal. That's true. It is universal. That's that's a re- actually just a very solid answer to that. It's like, like that that totally makes sense. Yeah, and look, like if if they if they do view it like we've seen it before, it's kind of like so what? I mean, we've seen everything before. I mean, I mean now what? Like even no, I can't think of any concrete examples, but everything is just repeating itself. It's it's just right. we're constantly taking things from other people. It's like impossible not to, you know. It's yeah. like, you know how many times like people like said, "Oh, well, like do you like the Strokes or oh, like you like whatever." It's it's like you come to realize like, yeah, well that's like you know, that if that's what people associate it with, that's fine, you know. Right. It's kind of just like a matter of just being like it's okay. Um yeah. It doesn't really ma- it's all it's all been done cuz the right. Strokes, you know, people said, "Oh, the Strokes sound like Velvet Underground." And I mean, I don't know True, if yeah. the Velvet Underground says like sounds like anything. So maybe yeah, not a perfect thing, but <laughs> yeah, Velvet Underground are actually like just such a uh, a unique band. Yeah, um, I think these days just so much Sonic Ground is constantly being explored, and you know, yeah, it's become less about what you're. I mean, you can if you're innovative, sure, great, and if that's your thing, that's awesome. You know, I spent a long time trying to really put pressure on myself to do something that was like unconventional or whatever but then you realize that it, it whatever you're making is inherently unconventional because you're not you know you're not someone else like you know yeah. you're not another person you're yourself and that's very corny and like it's a cliche to say but it's just the more i've been instilling that in myself the better the easier it's been to navigate things like that i mean every every time i went on tour especially in nashville actually so it's funny that we kind of had these like the inverse happened to us yeah but i was like we came to nashville and i was like okay well these people are insanely talented this is like a big you know music world are, are we gonna are we gonna flop are we gonna you know are people not gonna like it and i think people liked it from what i remember yeah that's cool i'm i've been there too man that's cool yeah people in nashville don't really know how to dance uh very very much they're like they're i feel like people are just like they're all like they all play guitar so I I still find it I'm I get nervous to play guitar in front of a Nashville crowd, but uh if you do anything like artistic or if you shake your hips at all, 
then Nashville's gonna their jaw's gonna drop. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, and well, like you said, because like lava gulls, like they, it was all like uh, after oh, I just spoke yeah. with, I just um, I just spoke with Jonathan the other day actually. Cool. Um, but yeah, like they were like not like they were like all using SP four hundred four samplers and stuff. Like it was not like you know. None of the bands were typical, typical, you know, rock guitar, which was yeah. really also like kind of extra. Like, this is awesome, but I'm terrified to play right now. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, that's actually. I guess the thing is, there is a lot of people like someone like Jonathan, like Lava Golds. Like, there are bands who are like totally like pushing boundaries and doing like really cool stuff in Nashville. It's just a small enough city to where like, I don't know. It's like everyone like that gets their. I feel like shine pretty bright. You know, like local newspapers and like local promoters will be like, oh yeah, like we love Lava Goals or, you know, like it's, um, I don't know. There's just something, it's actually smaller than people think. And if you're doing anything like creative or like going out on a limb, you can, I, I, at least I think maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe bands that are local might disagree, but I think you can make a name for yourself in a, uh, quicker than you'd think in Nashville. If you're making the kind of, just like having fun and making crazy art. It's a good that. place to be, though. It's a good place to be. Um, this is really special. What do you think is, like, the biggest misconception about Nashville? Like, it can either be about music or it can be about, like, the life there, whatever. But what do you think is, like, a big misconception that you kind of are like, no, nah, that's not right? I think that's a great question. I mean, I, I think that the industry is just not – it's very separate. Like there, there is like the big country thing, but it is just, I mean, it's not even, I, I just, there, there's no relationship between the two. Like I might be friends with somebody who is a writer and has like a publishing deal and writes like bro country, but like there, that industry being here, there's not like a, there's not as like an in, in indie or alternative uh, scene here. Like, beyond the artists like i don't think that there's like I, I don't know i could be wrong i mean there i guess it's not true because there are people who like work for atlantic and stuff here but i don't know <laughs> dang dude it's just, it's just i feel like it's different than people think because the thing that people think of of like a guy coming down here with like an acoustic guitar and chasing his dream to be like a songwriter all of that's happening like a, a few blocks over from like where we are and like you can pretty much live in separate worlds and people like Lava Goals or like people who are making like throwing like DIY like Chris Rock's mansion and stuff can be like a different world. Um, but but I guess one one eighty to that or like one thing that I would add to that to flip it is that everyone is really receptive of everyone. Like I hardly ever meet anyone who like overtly negative or like cynical. Like people are pretty receptive here and, and nice and. Uh, yeah, I don't know. The touring bands into each other, and so I really—that's one thing that I really like about Nashville. That was the vibe I got. That everyone was just really warm and receptive. You know? Yeah, I don't know why that is, but I mean, maybe that's just people. Maybe you start always afraid of each other, and then we're always nice because I think most of the time on tour, you're like, "Oh, I don't know about Baltimore," and then you like get there, and everyone's like, "Yay, we love you here." We're like, "Oh, what? I didn't know Baltimore people were so nice." <laughs> yeah, but Baltimore is nice. I mean, Baltimore. I've had some. We Something something weird happened. I forget what it was at this moment, but I remember really? like making a note, a mental note. I was like, Baltimore, cool, cool people, great place, but something weird went down. 
Like, it was, like, someone came up to us and tried to, like, I think someone came and tried to, like, sit in our van and have cake with us or something. I don't know, something weird like that. And we were like, I mean, we'll give you cake, but we're, we gotta go. I'm sorry. I mean, we didn't invite you, you know, there's not really room. It was, like, five people or something. <laughs> so, so it wasn't, it wasn't gonna work. That's special, man. That's special. I've had some pretty weird experiences in that city as well. <laughs> but uh that's part of diy too you're like oh i remember that city i was we played in underneath a joe's crab shack for uh this guy and the speaker blew out and it's just every you know what i mean it's like i love that just always crazy like disastrous stories that like end beautifully but are like in the moment you're like i remember being so anxious about if this is gonna work it's like knowing in a month from now you're gonna laugh but Mm -hmm. it's like you know, in that moment, it's like, oh, my God, this is the end of the world. Yes, especially with time things. Like, it'll be like, you're like, oh, well, the show's supposed to start at 9, and it is 9.40, maybe. Is literally nobody going to come? And then all of a sudden, oh like, God, a school yeah. bus of people emerging. Like, oh, okay. Why was I so – why did I fall for that again? Why was I – why did I think nobody was going to show up? <laughs> I don't there know. There have been ones. There have been some, like, early, early tours where, like, some – like, I don't know if you ever had it where, like, a promoter will not coordinate at all. Like, the promoter won't coordinate at all, and um, nobody will show up, and, like, you just don't play the show. You just, like, play board games or whatever the fuck. I have done that. Uh, yes. I, I do have it, a f- like, maybe two or three times, and that happened. Yes. Yeah. P- literally played, uh like, Mario Kart with, like, a guy one time instead of playing the show. <laughs> Sometimes it's like that. I think it's. I think it's a nice. It's nice to take a break. I think in the, that was what I. Last time that happened to me, I think was maybe a few years ago, and I was like, really anxious in the moment. But then I was like, well, maybe we needed a break. Yeah. So, it's kind of. I, I like to take it as it comes. Yeah, that's a good. That's good, man. That's a good approach. Dude, thank you for letting me take so much of your time. I know we, no, we've totally I gone over on go time. On forever with you, you know, like. Um, yeah. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. I've I've wanted to catch up for a while, so I'm really happy to be here, and I'm really happy to have you. And I really like this idea. I, I'm curious who who else have you been um, talking to? Well, you know, it's funny you say that. I'm actually having on uh, supposed to be having on tonight, but we you got to push back. But uh, Eli um, from uh, well, the Tongues of Fire boys, and then uh, from Top Nachos as well. We're oh, gonna nice. do a joint uh, episode. <laughs> oh, you tonight. mean Eli and Eli? Both yeah, Eli and Eli. Nice. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and uh, wait, wait, wait. What's uh, Tongues of Fire drummer's name? Uh, is that Lowell? Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, Lowell. Um, I know Lowell. I just am blanking out. But yeah, Eli, Lowell, and Eli. Um, because Eli and Lowell actually they hit me up because I was doing auditions for my ten week tour, and they're like, we might, we might be able to do this. And uh, I wound up having like a close friend like reach out and fill the spot but like we almost i almost like hit them up to like join me and they were gonna play in my band for like 10 weeks which would have been I crazy that. yeah that, that would have been cool but yeah i've um i don't know i've had on a bunch of different nashville people and just friends from tour and whoever i can i'm trying to do three episodes a week now so just keep meeting people and yeah all types man, of people man i love this idea i don't, I don't know I think you're such a great conversationalist. So I think, I think like, I don't know. It's so awesome. I just, as soon as you told me you did a podcast, I was like, yes, you know, like this is perfect. <laughs> this is the perfect person to do a podcast. Yeah. Thank you. Man. Well, I got to say you're a great conversationalist yourself. This has been an amazing conversation. And uh, 
So if you ever think about doing the same, I think you would run a pretty good uh, podcast or uh, type thing. So, you know, it's very easy to do. So definitely something to think about. Do you, what do you, okay, well, this is, I'll, I'll let you go. I'll ask you the podcast questions after. And I'm just intrigued by your setup, but. Um... Word, yeah, we can end it and then we can talk about that if you want. <laughs> yeah, sure. Word, let's do it. Uh, Wait, what should we plug before you go? For anyone uh, who's made it. Uh, okay, uh, I'll, t- I'll say a couple things. Please so do. If you, you can follow Dolly Spartans on. On IG. All the media on IG at Dolly Spartans. Twitter, we had a. We've had a couple good tweets, um, <laughs> maybe two. Uh, we are playing a like a show, like a virtual show, like we're doing one of our newer songs um, on January. Well, I don't know when this is going to come out, so maybe it'll be after the fact. But I'll this will be Friday. Anyway. Friday, okay. Mm-hmm. So I think that's. Well, I don't know what day that is. Oh, so maybe it'll be after the fact, but if not, just in case, I think it might be the day after. But January twenty eighth, we're playing um like a new song for this virtual show uh oh, cool. that's hosted by babies all right as you as you set up for me actually, oh sick yeah through lee it was awesome cool uh, yes walter, walter tv yes um, okay of course yeah walter cool so we did that my my good buds in drug bug have submitted a song a friend of mine pinky I have to see the full list of people playing, but it's a good group. Of I actually people. love both of those bands, Pinky and Drug Bug. Uh, what Drug Bug? Drug Bug is a. Uh, I like from I think from you probably me being like, hey, who should I book with in town? Like I like listen oh, to both yeah. of their their album like band camps and stuff. Phil and I like we talk every night. Phil from Drug Bug, we talk like every night. You know, we so we, cool. You know, him, um, his partner Andrea and I like we all like just like zoom and you know like find something to cope and distract ourselves. Like lately we. We, I think they bought Minecraft as a joke, and then we all got too into it, which I'm like ashamed to admit. But yeah, it's that's awesome because it's the only first of all, it's the only thing where all three of us could like play something at the same time. Yeah, um, I don't know. Video games have been a way to cope to an extent. Video games um, are cool. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I like them. Uh, <laughs> now back to the plug. Uh, <laughs> you should follow us on Spotify or whatever you're supposed to do on Spotify. Yeah, something um, like that. You can go to our Bandcamp, dollyspartans.bandcamp.com. We're going to put out new music this year, so definitely uh, be on the lookout for that. And just, um, oh, yeah, um, there are a lot of, like, small small business, like, mask makers. Like, you know, there are people on the thing that I found out that I'm going to say, like, my little, my little health tip is there's a mask called... Um, the TM 2020 and what it is is this nurse practitioner I think from Austin Texas I might be wrong on that um but she made this this mask that um the patent is available like you can make it if you want to it's just like a bit difficult but you it basically has an N95 filter in it and then it's like concealed in a cloth thing so it's like a super super good mask wow that's cool I figured I'd spread the word on that just because that has been like my i've been swearing by it for like the last few months that's cool um it's it's pretty rock and roll that's awesome man right on yeah well sweet i guess we'll cut it yeah thanks thanks so much freeze yeah thank you it's been an honor talking honor bye 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 i'll see you on the other side of this see you on the other side of this call